At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? I just pulled into the first job site of the day. Actually, it's going to be the only job site of the day, to be honest with you, because I got two Jade Econo kits to do. The sun is the sun is out. The birds are chirping. It's actually a beautiful morning. It's going to be a nice day today up on the roof. I'm excited because the two Jade Econo kits I'm doing, one of them has a new actuator and a new bracket. Now, in the past... I've had problems with these uh, jade actuators failing open and not returning back when it gets a 2-volt signal, 2-volt DC signal. So it looks like they've upgraded the actuator because I ordered the kit yesterday and when the supplier brought it out, they're, they're, they're opening up their bay door and they have a table set up and they're, they're not allowing you to go in. But he set it up on the table. He goes, here's the actuator kit. Um, or, the, or the, the the bracket for the the new actuator, and I open it up, and it's a brand new actuator that they're putting in the kit. So I think that, or I hope that's going to alleviate the problems that the old actuators were having with these kits. Anyway, enough about that. We got a great podcast. We're going to learn some stuff about Ecobee. I got two gentlemen from Ecobee on. I got Andy Khan and Rob Camilleri. Now, we were supposed to hook up at the CMPX show and do a, a podcast on site. But we couldn't, obviously, because the whole world <laughs> ended up closing. Um, but we're going to get it done now. We got it done remotely, and it went well. And I learned a lot of stuff about Ecobee, um, and you're going to, too. So let's get to it, guys. Rob and Andy coming up right now. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Andy, Rob, what's up guys? How are you doing tonight? Well, how are you? I'm, well, uh, I'm doing well. So we just we just found out something very cool about Rob, actually. Rob, are you... Are you, are you you cool to uh tell us who your cousin is <laughs> yeah of course no problem at all um so yeah my uh my cousin is mike camillary who spent a number of years playing in the nhl uh he's now retired and probably considers himself a semi-professional golfer but uh i give him a good round every once in a while so uh, nice yeah. so who did he he played i know he played for calgary and he played for montreal who else did he play for yeah, so we actually played on quite a few teams. So we played Montreal, Calgary, LA, New Jersey, Edmonton. Um, and yeah, I believe that's it. He had two stints in Calgary. Nice. Yeah, and, and he was a very uh, prolific goal scorer too, was he not? He was. He was. Uh, I think it depends who you ask as well. He wasn't, uh, you know, an Austin Matthews or, or, or any type like that, but uh, he scored 40 goals one year or just shy of 40 one year. So definitely nice. a, a goal scorer. Nice. Awesome. Andy, 
Andy, you got any uh, famous relatives? <laughs> no, no. You guys are making me feel a little lame here. Uh, but no, I don't. I, I don't have that kind of representation in my family. That's all right. Okay, so we're going to get into a discussion about Ecobee, and um, as we normally do with newer guests, we, we want to lay out kind of the rest of the conversation by introducing you guys properly. So, Andy, if you want to kind of go ahead and give us your your background within the industry that we're in here and, and kind of what you do for Ecobee at the moment. Yeah, actually I'm uh, so I'm the regional sales director for Ecobee. I'm responsible for Eastern Canada and Eastern U S through our professional channel. So i um, selling it to distribution and really working and educating contractors. Uh, my history before this was actually in automotive and before that even pharmaceuticals. So long time in sales, um, but finally found a place that I'm, I'm really happy in a company that I, really enjoy working with. Cool. Rob and and you, how how um how'd you end up at Ecobee and, and kind of what what's your background there? Sure. So I am a little newer to Ecobee than Andy. I've I've been at the company for it's getting close to a year and a half now. And I'm the regional sales manager for Canada East. Um so I'm on Andy's team and I cover the Maritimes right over to Saskatchewan. Um I'm this is my first portion uh, of my career in the industry. I came from selling marketing software, actually. Um, so a pretty big difference in, in terms of the industries. But uh, just like Andy, really enjoy it, really enjoy working with the contractors and our distribution partners. So it's it's been a good year and a half for sure. That's cool. So, I mean, it's HVAC has, has opened up opportunities um, for you guys. And there's so many opportunities. And we've talked about this in the past on the podcast that open up because of the the skilled trades. There's so many facets and so many different avenues we can go down. And I used to actually have an Ecobee in my home. I was telling you guys earlier today um, when we talked, uh, when, I, when I was cruising home from work, that I had one in my house. And originally when I moved to my house, I had a, a like a builder thermostat. I don't even know what brand it was, but it was very cheap and it was ugly and it, it had to go. So they were running a rebate program and I paid for the Ecobee and then I got a, I think I got a hundred dollar rebate back. Uh, so I, th- I threw it in the house and and I really enjoyed using it. And, and one of the things I liked about it was the wiring when like the, I didn't have to actually screw in the, the, the wiring to the terminal block. There was like just little, uh, I don't know what you guys call those on the sub base, but uh, push-in connections or whatever. Uh, I, I had it for a bit and I took it out, not because I didn't like it, but because I was testing some other thermostats that some people sent me and just wanted feedback on. But I do plan on throwing it back in there at some point. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So what um, what is Ecobee up to these days? And And we were supposed to talk at the CMPX show, which got canceled. Um, because of the COVID-19 thing. So, I mean, how, maybe I should ask you guys that first. How is COVID-19 and, and everything that's going on in the, the world right now, how is that affecting your business at the moment? Yeah, I, I think just like anyone and, and our personal lives too, I mean, I think the, the first thing that we point to is safety for everyone, you know, and then we start thinking about the business. And um, it's definitely had an impact. What uh, what we're finding is is HVAC is an emergency service. So in a lot of cases, contractors and distributors are still open and still out there and working. Um, but it's definitely impacted our ability to get in there and support and really talk with people, you know, face to face. 
Um, you know, a big part of our job is just trying to educate people and make sure that their understanding of the technology, whether it's our thermostat or whether it's others, how that fits into smart building, or I'm sorry, not smart building, smart home, and to really give them a foundation to speak intelligently to the customers. And um, really, we're just not being able to have that face time. So we're, we're finding, I think, like a lot of people that the switch has really been to webinars and, and phone calls and trying to do video conferences so that you can still maintain those personal relationships and really help people to um, understand what you're trying to convey, but just not in person. Mm -hmm. So Rob, um, how are you liking the traffic so far with, <laughs> are you still, are you working from home or are you driving into the office? No, I'm, I'm working from home. So we, okay. uh, our office far surpasses the the number of uh, permitted people in the same space. Gotcha. So, um, okay. Yeah, I've been working from home. This is week three now, and um, yeah, it's it's been it's been. I mean, I work from home all the time when I'm not on the road. A big portion of my job is, of course, going out and seeing our, our partners and and our customers. Um, so yep. that portion is is something I definitely miss because it's it's definitely the best part of the job. Um, so now just just kind of in at home. And my biggest challenge today is is uh, getting some quiet time in a house with five adults working from home. So um, different type of challenge in these times. But uh, like Andy said, we're, we're just focused on um, getting some webinars in place. We've really focused on that over the last week and we'll continue to do so moving forward. Um, and it's, it's something that I'm used to just because the industry I came from before was a lot of Zoom conferencing and, and video conferencing. So um, yeah, it's, it's been an, an easier transition for me than it may be for some others. Now, are these webinars, are these webinars like educational webinars for contractors and end users and stuff like that? Yeah, correct. So there's, there's basically two as aspects to the webinars that I've been scheduling so far. Um, there's a distribution side where we're working more on the sales aspect of Ecobee, how they can, um, position Ecobee to their customers. And mm -hmm. then there's the, the more technical training for the contractors where, um, we're going to walk through that first run process. We're going to go into the thresholds and in the advanced settings and really start understanding how Ecobee can be applied to, to various applications and various types of projects. Yeah, it's, that's cool that you guys are doing that because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of actual um, technicians that have been laid off at the mm -hmm. moment. And these webinars that a lot of the manufacturers are putting out are actually helping out with the guys sitting at home. Um, to be able to still educate themselves. So where can these webinars be found? All right, guys, I want to tell you about a couple of links I threw down into the podcast notes. One being a link to the Dan Foss Cool YouTube channel. They have a, they, they got a ton of educational content. You guys have seen me post some of the infograms that I've posted that get a lot of, a lot of likes and a lot of hits on them. Um, because they're very educational. Well, the, their YouTube channel has a lot of educational content as well. They're trying to grow the following on that channel because they want you to be educated within the industry. That's their whole goal with, with all of these um, platforms they got is to educate you guys. Now, I just watched a YouTube channel. I think I'm going to post it sometime today or tomorrow. Of it's, it's basically an animation, digital animation of a scroll compressor. It's showing... The internals of a scroll, like the the orbiting scroll and the stationary scroll, and how it works, and where the pressures are, uh, like high to low, it's it's very um, it's very entertaining, very educational. We're all um, in a way visual learners, 
a lot of us can read from books and, and understand, but I'd say most of us are probably visual learners. So it, it's good entertainment value and it's good educational value. So check that link out for the Dan Foss Cool YouTube channel. The other link that I threw down there is from Company Cam. They're a new sponsor of the podcast. Company Cam, as I told you guys about last week, allows you to organize your projects so the entire company can view them as the project happens. So there's, there's, there doesn't have to be a ton of texting and emailing. It's there for everybody to see. So like, let's say I pop up onto the roof or, or anywhere and I, and I have a, an install, a two-week install or something like that. And as the install goes, whoever's on the install project, say there's two or three of us, we all take pictures of, of the, the progression of the project. We can make notes, right, within those, within those pictures. And anybody within the company can see it. They can see that project. When the project's done, right, let's say a year from now there's some issues or, or the customer's harping on something that wasn't done or whatever, you can go back into the project and say, hey, look, right there, this is where we did that and show the customer, no, we, we did this um, and, and put it to rest. So it's very good for covering your butt. And it's very good for the entire company to see what you're doing and what you're up to without the texting and the email emails going back and forth during your day. Because I don't know about you guys, but I spend a lot of time emailing back and forth and it takes up time. It takes up time during your day where you could be doing other things that are a little bit more productive. So as I told you guys last week, the NRDD recovery machine from NAVAC, you do get a three-year warranty on that now. You have to go to the NAVAC site and register but you are getting a badass recovery machine and you're getting it covered for three years when you purchase it and go to their site and register. So check that out. Testo and TTT. That is the code that you guys want to use. Testo and TTT, one word, if you want to save 13% off Testo gear at True Tech Tools. True Tech Tools is turning 13 they're giving you 13, 13% off Testo because Testo was their first tool manufacturer that they sold. Uh, so they're just giving back, which is pretty cool. And during this, this COVID-19 thing, um, everybody could use a little bit of, of a break when they're purchasing anything. So True Tech Tools, guys, Testo and TTT. If you guys want to purchase something else that's not Testo, you can, you can do that with promo code KNOWITALL and save 8%. But for the month of April... You got that 13% off Testo. The other thing I wanted to tell you about. Last night, I recorded a podcast with the folks from Blue On, Mike Mabry and Will Fry. And one of the points of discussion was this. Because of the COVID-19 crisis, a lot of capital expenditure budgets have been slashed. So a lot of equipment that was, was, was going to be replaced is not being replaced anymore. So... The maintenance budgets are still there because they have to maintain equipment. So the people at Blue On are getting inundated with phone calls about their refrigerant and upgrading the refrigerant from R22 to TDX20. Now, the whole point of this is that because they're being inundated, they need help. They need help from contractors that are trained and are willing to go out and do conversions. So... If you guys are interested, get a hold of Blue On. Reach out to them, right? Maybe talk to them. If they need some help, maybe you guys can get trained up and you guys can go out 
and get on some of their projects that they're receiving from from all over the place. If you haven't downloaded their app yet, get their app because it's 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 badass. All the units on there and and all the the helpful tools within that app as well. Anyway, guys, let's get back to Andy and Rob. We typically plan these through our local distributor partners. Okay. Um, or they can always go to ecobee.com. And if they go ecobee.com backslash contractors, yep. they can request a training or a webinar right there. So if we don't have one already set up, we're happy to do it. Again, you know, the goal is really to educate not just on ecobee, but the market and the industry and really what, uh, what our research shows that customers are really looking for. And, um, you know, then try and drive where the value of the product can help, uh, help satisfy those needs. Gotcha. So switching to the, the, the products, a couple of products we're going to talk about, uh, during the podcast is the Ecobee three light and the smart thermostat. And then you were telling me about something I haven't heard of that we can teach the audience about that maybe they haven't heard of either is, is your home IQ, right? We're going to talk about those three things. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so I mean, we can start with the Ecobee three light. Now, the one that I had in my home, I believe, was an Ecobee three. So, what is the light? Is that like an actual light that lights up the? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a stupid question, but if no. you don't ask dumb questions, you don't you don't get the the answers you're looking for, right? No, not a stupid question at all. The the three light is a scaled back version of essentially now our smart thermostat. Uh, so we've continued to have new iterations of the hardware and mm-hmm. bring new um, features and benefits into each one. The three light uh, against our smart thermostat, it doesn't have the Alexa built in. It doesn't come with a sensor and you can't hook it up to a humidifier, dehumidifier, ventilator. Otherwise, it's still going to have all of the same smart home technology and ability to connect to external um, smart home speakers. It's still going to give you that home IQ that you referred to before. And it's still probably most importantly going to give people that ability to connect and understand what's going on in the home, even when they're not there. So Ecobee, when I put it in, was my first smart thermostat that I could download an app and, and be able to communicate with my, with my thermostat from my phone. And one morning I was heading out the door and it was the winter time. And I looked at my phone and I had an email. I think it was an email. Yeah. Or yeah, would it be yeah, an email? It okay. An email, yeah. it, 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 it was a while back. So it was an email or notification in my head, but if you guys are making uh, the correction for me. So I got the email that the furnace tried to fire and it didn't, and it didn't light and it was cold in the house. And I didn't think anything of the temperature as I was leaving. Cause when I wake up in the morning, you just kind of feel colder anyway, you put your clothes on and you just, and I'm just like a zombie in the morning till I have a coffee. So I'm like, Oh man, the furnace isn't working. So I ran downstairs and I reset it, just turned the power off, turned it back on and it lit. So what I was thinking is probably during the night, it was real windy and it might've locked itself out because it couldn't light because of the, the wind coming back and it, might have kicked it out or something like that because when I reset it, it fired and I never had a problem again. But if it wasn't for that email, I would have left and my kids and my wife would have woken up cold, right? And then I probably could have told her to reset it over the phone. But I mean, ta- talking her through that process when she's got the kids and stuff is is a little bit uh, difficult for for her. So I mean, 
that that was the cool aspect of of having that thermostat and that email sent to me. Yeah, and that's a product of that home IQ that we were talking about. And the ability, you know, something unique that, that Ecobee really does is it, it, it reads the environmental factors of what's going on in the house. And it also learns patterns of how your house reacts under different weather conditions and under your specific home conditions, whether it's a standalone or a row house or a condo, it understands what normal looks like. And from that, it's able to tell, hey, we've been calling for heat. It should be heating up, but the temperature in the space hasn't moved for an hour or two hours, three hours. And therefore, we can give some kind of proactive warnings before it gets really bad to say, hey, go take a look here. Or if you really need to, call your technician before it gets really bad or really cold in the house when it's really cold outside and you really need that heat for comfort, for wives and for kids, et cetera. So that, that is part of the home IQ, right? Is, is that what you were saying? Yeah, that exactly. Feature? That, that, the home IQ is really learning the ideal state of the house. And, um, you know, within that ideal state, how fast or slow can we raise a degree or two degrees um, or even more? And, and what it's always doing is it's looking at what's the weather outside to determine what impact that's having and how we need to react, whether that's starting a little bit early to get you up to temperature by the time you get home from work or starting a little bit later because it's a little bit nicer outside and we can save you some more. The idea behind it is to really give some insight into what's going on in that system, give the homeowner some insights into how it's reacting under those different conditions and really be able to tailor it to their comfort needs. And it gives the technician an ability to have a lot of data when they go out there and, and, and can't quite figure out what's going on. They have some data to go back and look at and help diagnose that in an easier, quicker and, and more efficient manner. So how does a technician tap into the home IQ if it's registered to the homeowner's like phone or whatever, tablet or email? Yeah. So they, they'd simply ask the homeowner if they could borrow, um, you know, if they could pull up the app and they could borrow it from there. We also have a pretty cool tool that's called our contractor portal, where they can link to the specific thermostat in the house, and then they can go in and they don't get all of the data that we provide to a homeowner. We provide occupancy because we have that on some of our thermostats. Uh, We provide schedule data and how we react to that. All of that is private data that we can't be sharing out. There's some liability and there's some, um, you know, some, uh, I I don't want to say, threats, but, but, but there's, there's some, there could be malicious intent with that kind of data. Mm -hmm. And so we'd rather just restrict it in order to prevent that altogether. But what we do provide is the contractor three days worth of data so that before they even go out to the home, if they get a call that, Hey, it stopped working and it's cold in the house, they can go back and look and identify which piece of equipment stopped working at what point it wasn't correlating with a call for heat and an increase in temperature really diagnose remotely and make sure that they've got the right parts on the truck, that they can go and do that job as efficiently as possible. So how does the technician see, like in, in what way is the data shown? Is it like, can you see it in some sort of bar graph with time and temperature of the home or anything like that? Like how does it, how does it present itself? That's exactly right. So it's, um, it's within our online portal or app. Um, and what they would do is they would click on that and it gives them actually two sides to it. It gives them some savings tracker and data there and then the system analysis tools. 
the system analysis tools are going to come out as graphs. So they'll have a couple of individual graphs, one that's just looking at system performance, showing individual stages of equipment when it was running for a humidifier and a fan. And I'll show you each of those individually. And then, and that's at the top of the graph. And then at the bottom, it's going to show you indoor temperature, outdoor temperature, set points, and then you can actually toggle in humidity as well. Okay, we did this with 15 months of data, so it's only showing about a day at a time. But there's mm -hmm. a scroll bar at the bottom where you can scroll back 15 months. So it gives you the ability to look month over month or even year over year to compare that and see, is it working the way that I would expect it to? And then that yeah. complemented by the savings side helps you to really dig in to identify, okay, is it operating, keeping us comfortable the right way? And then are we saving what we expect? And can we fiddle around with some of the different settings that we provide to either focus on savings or comfort and really dial it in specifically to their practice? Yeah, th those graphs are amazing for a technician to have. And and I just went through a little bit of a, an exercise with a graph um, maybe about two months ago. And, and I did a, a post of it on my social media. And, and what it was, it wasn't even a home. It was a freezer, but the freezer is monitored with three temperature sensors. And there's a, a, a quality assurance team that is on top of these things. And they get emails if, if the temperatures are out of whack within the, uh, the freezers because they're pharmaceutical and they, they have to be um, monitored. And there has to be documentation of the monitoring and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So they can tell when something's kind of not going so well by looking at the data on the graphs. Like, oh, for the last three or four days, the temperature seems to be spiking at certain times. So when I went in, I got the graph and, and what was happening is the temperature was spiking um, during a defrost cycle. And during that defrost cycle, the backup was supposed to come on and take over the, the cooling aspect of the box to, to, to bring the temperature down. But there was a problem with the backup unit. It was covered in ice. Um, there was no airflow through it. So it couldn't bring that box temperature down. So every time the primary went into a um a defrost it would spike and they, they could see this happening because the spikes were higher than normal so they call us in and we find the problem alleviate the problem fix the problem and then look at the graph the next day and the graph doesn't have these spikes it's more of a flat line and that's that's where these graphs are huge for a technician and like an end user if they know how to interpret the data because we could uh they could have saved their, their butt there because this thing houses um, uh, plasma, like blood, blood plasma, right? So if it goes out, out of whack, out of temp, it's it's gone. It's bad. So luckily, they got a backup. They were smart enough to put in a backup unit. And they're smart enough to interpret the data that they're seeing to call us in to rectify the problem before it gets bigger. So those graphs, I believe in 100%. What, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think it's extremely beneficial to the technician. Um, and that's where that, that contractor portal can really play a, a key role in a service side of somebody's business. Um, I also think, you know, for the home IQ side, it's, it's also really beneficial for, for the homeowners. You know, as somebody that's somewhat new to the industry, very new to the industry, if you're comparing um, it to those that have been in it for 25 years plus, um, 
it was very, really nice for me to have this reporting feature available just as a, as a consumer where I can go in, take a look and, and get a better understanding of how the weather is impacting my equipment uh, and how that's impacting how my home is, is being heated and cooled. So uh, completely agree both from the, the side of the technician and, and even the homeowner. So what about the, the smart thermostat? That's, that's a step up from the Ecobee 3 Lite, right? That's what, that's what you said earlier? Correct. So what sort of features and advantages do we have with the smart thermostat? So with the, the smart thermostat, um, it's, it's going to give you the same compatibility with the heating and cooling equipment as the Ecobee 3 Lite. So two, two stages of heating and cooling. Uh, on your conventional equipment and, and four stages of heating and cooling on or four heat to cool, excuse me, on a, with a heat pump. Um, where this thermostat differs is number one, it has the ability to control an accessory. Uh, and by accessory, I mean one of a HRV, an ERV, a humidifier or a dehumidifier, one of the mm-hmm. four. Yeah. Um, it also comes with uh, one of our wireless room sensors, which can be used in, in a variety of ways, and uh, we can get into that. It comes with one of those in the box, whereas a three light does not. And then it also has uh, Amazon Alexa built right into the thermostat, which really allows that thermostat to act as the hub to the smart home and gives that homeowner the opportunity to take the first step into the smart home without uh, investing in additional products and, and, and tools. You know, the conspiracy theorists right now, as soon as you said Alexa, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's listening to me. It's listening to our conversations. Um, yeah, because when I first got an Alexa, people were like, yeah, turn that off. It's listening to you. I'm like, aren't you talking to me from your phone with a speaker and a mic on it? Like, you, got you know it. what I mean? <laughs> and the camera. Um, yeah, and, and a camera and, yeah, exactly. and all of all of your all of your online uh, history. <laughs> I think your your phone knows you a lot better than Alexa ever will. But um, wow. how do, how does how does Alexa um, sort of interact with the thermostat? Like, can you do anything you can do with a regular? Can you play music from it? Can you do that with it? Absolutely. There are, there are a couple of reasons we built it in. Um, so first of all, you can control it by voice. So if you're sitting on the couch and you're in uh, you know earshot of where the Alexa is, you can say Alexa, I'm hot or I'm cold, and have it adjust your temperature. Really openly, that's not something that I use a lot, but but my wife actually likes that. Or my grandmother, my 93-year-old grandmother who has poor eyesight and poor mobility, she loved the fact that she can now pretty much yell at her thermostat and get it turn it to exactly the temperature that she wants. It, it so was this, able to give I'm, her back some freedom. Can I can I stop you right there? I just wanna I just wanna clarify something. So yeah. and this might be another dumb question, but does the thermostat hear you talking to it or do you need an Alexa as well and then kind of join the two up? No, that's that's the nice thing about that smart thermostat is it's kind of a two-in-one. So it's got a speaker and a microphone on the back. Gotcha. And the speaker was designed so it'll reverberate off the wall and give better sound. Now, it's not not rocking your next party, but it does a really nice job of filling the room with sound and um, having that just at, you know, the... the, um, just being able to control it by voice. So we did it for really three reasons. Control it just by uh, your voice, turn it up or down temperature. We did it so you can play your music and tell your jokes. You can actually, with the new one, make a phone call out of it or utilize it as an intercom with other Alexa devices in the house. 
And then we did it really because now you're going to have a smart home hub sitting in the middle of your home. And uh, we know people are going to move more and more towards voice because it's a much more efficient way to communicate and get things done. You can multitask, you can accomplish a lot more words that way than you can typing on a phone. Um, so now if you want to bring other devices into the house, like lights, locks, shades, garage door openers, now you have that control very centrally located in the middle of your house. And you can control all those devices through that one speaker without having to have multiple hubs or ways to control it um, through your phone. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I the Alexa I have, I basically only use it to play music. But, I mean, I, I've never I, – I know that some people have the lights, and but I didn't know that you could control your garage door. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so – we were talking about the sensor that comes with, um, Rob, you were saying that the sensor is remote, so you can put it somewhere else in, in the home and, and how, and when you do, how, how does it work and where do you suggest to put that sensor? Yeah. Great questions, Gary. So that, that sensor, um, what it does is it basically, so it's a, it's a remote temperature sensor, a wireless remote temperature sensor. Um, and you can actually pair up to 32 of them per thermostat. So if you really want to get extremely detailed, you, you can do it quite easily and you can have a sensor in pretty much every room in your house um, for your you know average-ish house. Um, but most, most homes, two to four is, is typically a, a really strong, um, can give you a really, really great lift and a really great um, temperature balance across your home. So like, a, like I was saying, there, there's three ways to use these sensors. Um, the first way that you would use it is simply for temperature averaging. Um, as we all know, there's a little bit of a, a problem in the industry with hot and cold spots in, in certain areas of their house. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not going to a full zone system, um, there's really not many ways to um, rectify that problem. So these wireless room sensors allow you to do that through temperature averaging. So it takes an hour, a temperature reading at each thermos, at each uh, sensor and then has your equipment work until the average between all your sensors is your set point. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Cause a, zo- a zoning system can be extremely expensive by the time you're done installing it. So, I mean, what other benefits are you seeing? Cause you said there was a, c- a couple, what other benefits yeah. or ways to use the, uh, the sensors besides averaging out the temperature of the house? So averaging is, is what it comes with right out of the box. It's our very, um, first setting. We call it our good setting. And then what we, what we refer to as our better setting is actually called follow me. Um, not the most creative name, but I think it makes sense. So what follow me does it'll is it'll literally follow you around the house um, everywhere that your sensors are located. So for example, if you have a, a sensor on your main main floor in your kitchen, let's say when you're in your kitchen, it's going to prioritize heating or cooling that specific area of the house. Again, we're not zoning here. We're pushing out uniform air across the entire space, um, but we're just prioritizing comfort in the rooms that are being used. And then let's so say, how does how does it know that you're in that room? Um, so it knows by uh, an actual occupancy sensor sensor that's built into that thermostat, which is okay. looking for motion, very much like a, a backyard light or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's also looking for infrared, a, a body heat signature. Wow. We, yeah, it's it's pretty cool technology, and that that body temperature is a, a key component because first of all, there's a number of times where 
uh, you're not moving and you're in your house, those sensors will still pick you up when you're sleeping and, and when you're doing work at a desk for a few hours. And the other reason we included it is to actually tell the difference between pets and humans. So if you do have a, a dog wandering around your house, like Andy does, um, the thermostat won't be tricked into thinking that portion of the house is occupied. It will remain unoccupied. Yeah, so I can I can see that being a, a cool feature, and, and I can think of something um, to relate it to in my own home here, because the back of my house in the afternoon, we get a lot of sunlight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if if we are if we are in that room and it's already hot, right? Um, the heating might not have to come on and and use up energy because the sun, like in the winter time, the sun is coming, is is hitting the back of the house and warming the whole back of the house up. It's actually in the middle of the winter time you can go to the back of the house because the sun is shining through the windows. It's extremely warm back there, and if it sees everybody there. It might not have to bring on the heating is kind of what you're, you're saying to heat up the rest of the house. But then later on, when the sun goes down, you kind of disperse upstairs and into the bedrooms and you have sensors there, then it can bring that heat on and start heating the home again because it knows you're, you're upstairs. I can see that working that way. That is, that is pretty cool technology. That's, that's the big goal, Gary, is to, to really take, take it from a manual intervening thermostat to one that can intuitively know where you are to make sure that we're pushing out the air until it's satisfied in that area. Like I have, Mm -hmm. I have similar, but upstairs and downstairs, and I've got about six degrees difference. And, you know, we used to end up trying to turn down the thermostat at night and then having to remember to do it back in the morning, or my wife would go downstairs and be cold. And now it it just knows that we're upstairs and it automatically adjusts. So it, it takes a lot of that manual intervention out and it really can intuitively start keeping people comfortable in ways that they didn't even realize that the system would allow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. So how, how does the, like, how big are these sensors that they can actually sense optical and, or, and even the, the heat signature? Like how big are these things? Uh, they're probably about an inch and a half square. Um, yeah, you know, wow. they're, they're, they're a little bit more tailored than that. You have a couple options. You can mount them just on a little stand. And the nice thing about that is, you know, I know Rob mentioned you can, add up to 32 of them, you know, we, we kind of tell people to tread lightly. Don't, don't go by 32. You can always add more if you need, but you can also move them around. So if you just use that basement and it's extra cold once in a while to watch a movie, take the one from the bedroom down there. All it's going to mm-hmm. be doing is identifying, identifying occupancy and temperature in that space and it'll automatically adjust. So this you can <laughs> use this little magnetic stand or you can also mount it to the wall if you'd prefer to do that. I, I need one down down here where I'm podcasting from because my last podcast I was talking to um, Aaron Salo from XOI and and I told him I said like basically today like the day I talked to him I said I realize why I'm so cold in my basement when I come down here and podcast because there's a, a, a supply air diffuser right above my head <laughs> and it's always blowing because my fan is on all the time it's always blowing down on me so maybe if I had one of those sensors sitting on my desk down here it would see me here and realize the basement's cold. Hey, I'm going to warm up Gary sitting in his chair. <laughs> I would, I would enjoy that. We can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would really enjoy that. So anything else um, about the home IQ? Actually, I did have a question. What do we need to implement home IQ besides the thermostat and an outdoor air sensor? Is there any other sensors we need to implement besides the remote ones that we can shove around the house anywhere we, we kind of want? 
No, I mean, the nice thing is you don't even need that outdoor sensor. It's connected. Oh, to you it. don't. Oh, oh yeah, so that's download, right. That's right. Yeah, we download weather. We always have a five-day weather forecast in there. So, you know, even if you lose internet connection for a little while, which is prone to happen from time to time, you still got all the data in there. The system still knows what to do and how to react. And, you know, the nice thing about it is even if you lost that internet for an extended period of time, it still operates as a normal thermostat. And it's still going to be reading that temperature and trying to adjust based on where you are in the space. Um, the the only other thing I would tell you about the sensor, which I think is really cool, and, and I think homeowners tend to like a lot, is outside of the comfort side of it, we also use it to save money. And we know people's pocketbooks and comfort are really near and dear to their hearts. And so we want to try and balance it too. So we also can use those sensors just the same way we identify as somebody in that space to say, hey, nobody's in the house right now. And why don't we take advantage of this time to go into a setback and not heat or cool to the extent we would if we were sitting there and save a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. The problem with doing that is if people do that manually, they tend to forget on their way home to change it back. So the sensors will recognize, okay, nobody's in the house. And we wait a couple hours to make sure of that. And then we go into this setback, we call it a soft setback. So We'll go as far as your system will allow and recover within 30 minutes of you getting home. So it's a way to, to save money, but try and balance that with the saving or with uh, the comfort. And the nice thing is through that learning and through the home IQ, it knows under these weather conditions in your house, we can move four degrees during that. So it's really going to be specific to your home and your needs. But that's how we use those sensors, you know, not just to keep you comfortable, but but to really balance it. Yeah, I've, technology blows my mind these days. It, it really does. Like, I'm I'm seriously waiting for one of those things you used to have on Star Trek where you tell it what you want to eat and it just kind of appears in, in front of you. Uh, by, <laughs> voice command. Yeah. <laughs> We're all getting we're all getting so lazy. We just lay on our couch and just yell at yell at things in our house, and it does it for us. You know what, Gary? I like to look at it as we're becoming more efficient, right? Whether that's true or not, I like to I like to tell myself that. No, I mean it. It is uh, it it is efficient, and and I think one of the 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 very first this is going back years ago, which and and that showed me how efficient technology can be. And I remember being a five-year-old kid and going to the bank with my parents and standing in line for like an hour and then filling out these little slips to put in money and take out money and have these like little bank books that they had to get printed every time. And this was like an, this was like an event on like a Tuesday night. But now you can sit on your couch and within 10 minutes, you can do all your, pay all your bills and you're done. And so the efficiency thing comes in there huge, right? Um, when I first got online banking and I saw how easy it was and I'm like, wow, my parents used to do like spend like the night, like it was an event after dinner, clean up. We're going to the bank tonight. <laughs> so right. we're gonna, they knew we're, the tellers, right? They knew them by name. Yeah. We're going to be out all night because we're, we're going to the bank. Now you can do it in five minutes. So yes, it does. It does make us more efficient and all, all the, the fancy digital tools that are coming out now for testing and, and servicing HVAC equipment, that also does make us more efficient. The, the old school technicians, they love their old school tools and, and they still work. I'm not going to take that away from them. Um, but I, I feel that the, the technology that keeps getting better and better and better every month, every year, um, 
is making us more efficient. Is there any new products coming down the line or anything exciting happening that, that we don't know about yet? I gotta, I gotta jump in and, uh, share my favorite feature about the sensors before we move off that one. Cause I, okay, I, okay I, sure. Um, so one thing that we can do with those sensors, that's really, um, helpful. Uh, and, and for somebody that's maybe, uh, renting out a basement apartment, which in these times is, is really likely and, and, and increasing. Um, so what you can actually do is you can use those sensors to, um, become your main thermistor and, and the, the main place that you're collecting a temperature reading from rather than the thermostat. So again, in, in a rental type approach uh, where maybe you don't want that tenant to have access to the thermostat because who knows uh, what crazy things they may try. Uh, what mm-hmm. you can do is, is lock up that thermostat in the mechanical room, we'll do all the wiring there, and then just have those small sensors placed around the home to, to get an understanding of when to call for, for cooling and heating. So I um, see. my favorite setting and uh just had to mention that before we we jumped off the topic yeah that's that that is another um feature that i never thought about is is having the thermostat remote from anybody touching it i mean because yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot of uh a lot of technicians that are in this trade man or woman their spouse doesn't fully understand the operation of a thermostat and how it works and and all that kind of stuff so i could see the the technician in the home wanting to hide the thermostat and then putting like a dummy on the wall so their spouse can like think they're (laughs) removing the temperature around you know what i mean so yeah yeah that 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 is a cool feature it's funny you say that because you'd think it'd be used for for true applications like i just explained but when i'm doing my training that problem that question and that thought comes up probably five out of six times so <laughs> i agree oh i'm 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 sure the thermostat setting has ended marriages i'm, I'm sure of it <laughs> you know one of the most frequent questions we get is can we change the temperature reading to adjust it up or down a couple degrees so we get a lot of technicians that ask if they can go and adjust that so they can make it 74 degrees or show that when it's actually 70 degrees in the house oh like, a, like yeah 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 i've i've gotten that one a lot can you do that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't intended for the reason that it's being asked, but absolutely, uh-huh. you, can do that. you can do that. Oh well, now you now you know what they're going to use it for. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure that's in the instruction manual on how to do that, right? Absolutely. Uh, or come come to one of the webinars. We're happy to talk you through. Yeah, that that's just basically a calibration offset, is it not? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So any, any other, um, like I was asking earlier, um, any other new stuff coming down the pipe that that's exciting and, and stuff like that? Like what were you guys going to be showcasing at the CMPX, these products we talked about just now? Yeah, it was going to be these products and, and we continue to make refinements to the products. So a couple of things that we're adding in is the ability to, to run a three-speed fan. So we know a lot of people in places like Toronto or Chicago, where I live, live in high rises with fan coils that require a high, medium, or low. And in the past, we had to lock into one. So now we have the ability to go ahead and do, uh, to really optimize how it it fluctuates between the high, medium, low to really maximize the comfort and, and minimize that sound that, that really comes when you're that close to the fan. Mm-hmm. And then the other one um, is what we refer to as Eco Plus. So Eco Plus kind of takes some, um, takes a new approach to what I was talking about, where we look at that smart away, where we identify nobody's there and we go into that soft setback. 
it allows people to have more flexibility in how they want to do that. So do they want really want to focus on comfort? And I don't want you to touch my temperature at all. We can put that, um, that slide bar way far to the right. Or the other side, if you really want to focus on savings rather than waiting two hours, we can go into that much earlier to make sure that we're saving you a little bit more money each time you leave the house. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then one of the nice things is it, it connects also to a lot of the utility uh, programs out there where they're looking at demand response and opportunities to adjust remotely the thermostats a couple of degrees during high peak times where maybe you'd have a brownout or a blackout if they didn't have the ability to do that. And for them, it's advantageous because it allows them to take more power off the grid and not have to spend billions on new infrastructure. So there's some benefits to the homeowners and that they're saving money and there's some benefits to the utility companies and ultimately there's some benefits to our taxes and that we're not paying for a lot of new resources that maybe we have better ways of, of managing. Mm -hmm. I actually thought about something as, as you were saying all that. Um, let's say somebody lives in a, a big house, they live in a mansion let's say, and they have multiple HVAC systems. Let's say they have two, let's say they have two systems, one on each side of the, the home because the home is that big. Let's say they have two uh, smart thermostats. Can they be networked together via like a cloud or anything like that? Or is it just two separate thermostats, um, each one you see differently on, on the app? Or can you see them together type thing? Yeah, I'll take that. So, so in the app, you can hook up to 16 thermostats okay. in one account. So ah, they're going to gotcha. work independently, okay. yeah. um, but you can group some of the settings. So as you're making some changes on one, it'll apply to both. So schedule um, and set points, those are things that you can adjust as a group and make them really work as one for you. Um, you know, if it's a commercial space and you're talking about a much greater number of thermostats. We have a commercial portal that allows to bring those in together, um, but that's a different portal than than what the resident is really going to get with an E3 light or a smart thermostat. Well, actually, actually, if if you don't mind talking about that commercial aspect for a minute, because when you said the the sixteen thermostats, I thought, hmm, there, there's uh, lots of commercial buildings that have sixteen more, but sometimes less um, machines that they're controlling. So Talk about that that commercial portal that you were just mentioning. How does how does that work? Sure. Yeah. So the go ahead, go ahead, Andy. No, go ahead. Yeah. So the commercial portal is um, it's a subscription based portal, and it's typically used by um, multi family residential buildings. It's used in larger commercial spaces. You know what we found is um, about eighty percent of commercial spaces are using a residential thermostat. Probably about 10% are using some type of building automations. And the reality is a lot of those, both the 80, the 10, and that in between, could really get away with a, a kind of a building automation system like. So smart buildings is our portal. And what it does is it allows you to bring, whether you're in the same site or whether you're across the country, an infinite amount of thermostats together to be able to have a summary view across them so that you can control them in unison. And you have a really good way of, of looking to identify alerts or anything that maybe is off. Um, and then it gives you the ability to control and make changes in, in bulk to those and, and to monitor them um, throughout time. So where we see that really beneficial is if you're managing 
you know, say 50 stores across the country. It gives you the ability to take that control back into the facility's maintenance rather than rely on phone calls or emails to ask managers to go into a setback when we're going away for holiday. And it allows to make sure that everything is really harmonious. And what we find are the big benefits are one, energy savings, two, a, a significant reduction in service. So the ability to identify what was going on, going back to some of those charts and graphs, we have a similar thing within this portal. And it allows that one key user or manager of all that data to be able to identify, hey, where are we off? What could possibly be going on? And hopefully diagnose and correct that problem without sending a trip. And that's really where we see the benefits is giving them that uh, one overall portal and one location to control really as many as they want across locations. Hmm. Interesting. So I'll, I'll bring you on this, Rob, on, on this next question I have. So in a lot of buildings I've seen that are just heat cool, commercial buildings, um, say they have a, a fair number of machines on the roof, like rooftops, they'll bring in like a, a BAS, like a building management system, and, and all the controllers need to be wired together. Like they need to be physically wired together to communicate with each other. So if, if we had um, let's say 30, let's say we, for example, we had 30, uh, rooftops, 30 thermostats. We don't have to wire any of those together, right? We just have to have a strong Wi-Fi or strong internet signal. And we can see these from the cloud. We don't need to wire them together. Am I right? Correct. Yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. So, um, of, of course the, each thermostat would be needed to be wired to that specific yeah 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 of course exactly yeah but outside of that yeah there there wouldn't be any need to have the the thermostats themselves wired together um they'd all be communicating on the cloud and uh similar to to the home iq that we talked about for the residential portal um you'll also that get that sort of reporting um on the commercial side as well and it, we we presented in a graph form but i think something that's really nice especially for um people like maintenance managers uh, they, they can actually export out this data and do year-over-year -year comparisons to really understand uh, the longevity of their equipment when they may be having to invest in a new rooftop um, and can kind of balance their budget from there. So uh, th there are a number of benefits that this, this Smart Buildings portal can provide but, and, and in a very simple and easy-to-use way, at least from the feedback we've, we've received so far. Yeah, and that would take, that would take a ton off of, of a the cost of an install of course because because you're not you're you're not having to um network all of these things together and then and then the other thing too is having a network problem in a large building a, a, a wired network is is a nightmare because we have a lot of buildings that were wired up with the old style building automation controls years ago and if there's a break in the, the network connection, it is very, very hard to find. Like you need to go to one spot, cut it in half, find out where, and, and then cut it in half again, cut it in half again until you, till you kind of narrow it down. But it can be very, very difficult because these wires have been run years ago and they're going through wherever and renovations have been done. And you know what I mean? Um, so this is a pure advantage to that old school way of doing things. I really like that. To totally agree with you. It's um, it's funny how we hear people at first kind of not thinking they need it and thinking they really need building automation. 
And the reality is just a lot of those companies don't. They really need the visibility, the control, the ability to um, really be able to see what's going on remotely. And with that, they can get done 99% of what they're looking for out of that building automation at just a much lower price. And you're mm, right, there's, yeah. there's a lot of advantages from a service standpoint. And if a thermostat is is going bad, we're going to be able to give the graphs to help you identify that early. And we go switch out that thermostat. We don't go through any of the steps that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, there is a, there is still a place I think for some sort of building automation. If you're controlling, um, some contraption that has a, a ton of bells and whistles and there's a ton of things happening all at once, um, that, that are all intertwined, but they're all separate from each other type thing. But if it's a package, package rooftop that gets built at a factory and landed on the roof and you just have to control that rooftop, basically not control it, just send it a signal. Um, and, and it does, it does what it needs to do within. I mean, that's all you need. You don't need a fancy, uh, automation system. Yeah, no, we see the same thing. And those building automation system users, a lot of them really do need it. But there's a lot with those residentials or that are kind of looking and trying to figure out what's right for them and looking at cost and budget that are realizing that for, you know, a little bit lower cost or actually a pretty significant, they can really get most of that functionality. But you're right. There's definitely a subset that really needs that building automation where they're trying to tie multiple things together. This mm -hmm. is for more of the simple, to your point, just controlling a roof. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. So, I mean, any last words before we head out? No, just really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, Gary, and, and talk a little bit about Ecobee. We really, um, we, we, we try and continue to refine these products to make them more beneficial. And, and something we talk about internally is uh, really working within the fabric of people's lives, making it intuitive so that it's not a new learned skill. It's something that that really just works within their daily activities and their daily routine. Um, so we'll continue to work on that. And I would say, uh, you know, look forward to some, some new great products coming out later this year. And uh, thanks again. So that's what it's all about, guys. Keeping up with products in the industry that are out there to help, that are out there to provide solutions. We, we got to keep up with the technology that's ever-changing. And this is what I'm hoping to do with podcasts like these is just help inform you guys keep you guys educated and on your toes because we don't want to get left in the dust. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Andy, for educating us on Ecobee and where it's taking us and how it can help us provide solutions for our customers. That's it, guys. Got to get back to work. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.